0: You're listening to the Investing.com's Weekly Crypto Podcast with your host, Clement Thibault. Hello, everyone. I'm Clement Thibault, and welcome to Investing.com's Weekly Crypto Podcast, Cryptalk. Uh, this podcast is for you if you are interested in following what's ha- whatever's happening in crypto, but don't necessarily have the time to spend all day on Twitter or following up crypto news. So what we try to do here is find really the most interesting tidbits of the past week in crypto and then pass it on to you uh, in a podcast format where I can also talk about the news and analyze them so you can really get a good grip on everything that's been happening in the crypto markets and generally in the crypto ecosystem. All right, so that's uh, that's why we're here. And uh, let's move on to the topics this week. So our podcast today is going to be mostly about exchanges. Uh, A lot of exchanges are doing a bunch of things, some good, some bad. And I think that since we're still on investing.com and and a lot of people that listen to the podcast are actually traders. I think talking about exchanges maybe a bit more than in other places is very relevant because, you know, you, you trade, you use them. So every scam or every questionable decision that an exchange takes can affect you because you are traders. So we'll talk about Coinbase adding XRP adding Ripple to uh, what you can trade on Coinbase and what you can buy on Coinbase. So that's interesting. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, one acquisition that Coinbase made in the past week, which is uh, intelligence firm uh, Neutrino. So they bought these guys out and now they're joining the Coinbase team. Uh, This team actually has quite a controversial past belonging to a team called Hacking Team that used to provide intelligence for governments. And a lot of people are, you know, really criticizing this move because they see it as going against the principle of crypto like we are bringing people that used to steal secrets and work for the government In a way that many perceive to be anti-freedom. So that's definitely worth talking about. So a few questionable decisions by Coinbase. And then we're going to talk a little bit more about Quadriga CX. So if you remember that exchange, it's the Canadian exchange that lost about $140 million after the CEO died. And there's actually some new documents that question one of the co founders and if he's not pretending to be someone else. And if that wasn't enough, a report by Bloomberg says that uh, the cold wallets that the company claimed to have have been identified and that five out of six are empty and have been empty since April, meaning that the cold wallets that Quadriga claimed to have apparently are gone. So those are two very important developments that we're going to be covering. And the last thing that we're going to be talking about is the darling of traders. It's Binance. So Binance is apparently really single handedly bringing back ICOs and they've done a few of those over the past few months with great success and and coins and tokens selling out in in mere minutes, if not seconds. So what we're asking is, are ICOs back? And if they are, you know, is Binance the new place for ICOs? So that's also, you know, a good conversation that we're going to have. All right. So let's move on to the first topic. Uh, I think we went long enough on the topics. And uh, we'll start by Coinbase adding XRP. All right, so our first topic today is Coinbase listing XRP. So I know that many people have been waiting for Coinbase to list XRP. And if you are if you hang out on Twitter or on any other social platform, it's pretty evident that there are a lot of XRP supporters, uh, some of which might be bots, some not, but that's okay. But still, on social media, you know, a lot of times you can't really tell. But it seems like a lot of people have been waiting for this. So uh, starting last week, Coinbase Pro, so not the regular Coinbase, Coinbase Pro, the one that is aimed at professionals, will actually be able to complete your XRP orders and you will be able to buy and sell XRP on Coinbase Pro. There's been a lot of speculation regarding what led Coinbase to actually make this move. Uh, We know that, you know, XRP has been the second or third most popular instrument. In the past, you know, year or so, so you know, a lot of people wondered, okay, so Coinbase is listing all these coins, you know, smaller coins that a lot of people have never heard of before they were listed on Coinbase. But why not? Why not XRP? So one of the plausible reasons for that was that XRP is still kind of in the middle of a battle with the SEC regarding its legal definition. Uh, they claim not to be a security, but the SEC is going to make the case that they are indeed a security, and. Of course, if they are security, then Ripple, the company, is violating securities law by selling XRP. So that was one of the reasons why people thought that Coinbase was not touching XRP yet. And the other one is that really, if if we're thinking about cryptocurrencies in general, I think that XRP might be the most polarizing one in that it has a lot of supporters. and, And like I said, vocal supporters on Twitter. But on the other hand, it has a lot of critics. And, and if you're a little bit hooked up in the Twitter sphere, you, it's not really hard to find, you know, the people that look at Ripple and, and look at what it was uh, it, before it was called XRP. It used to be called Ripple. And now the, the company Ripple is denying to have invented XRP, even though there are a lot of screenshots and a lot of you know, officials being on the record saying different things uh, a few years back. So there's a lot of of unclear business with XRP. And so many thought that this was what's keeping it off Coinbase because Coinbase until recently really wanted to market itself, you know, as the premium U.S. kind of ramp to get into crypto, the premium U.S. exchange. uh, It used to have only five assets. So it used to be just, you know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin and some more, let's say, reputable uh, cryptocurrencies. It It wasn't just any project getting listed on Coinbase. That was the difference between them and Binance, for example. But over the past few months, uh, we've seen Coinbase list kind of everything. And I think that they are up to 17 tokens that you can buy and trade on Coinbase Pro, at least. And and the move, of course, comes because, you know, Coinbase is looking at Binance and at the record profits that Binance is making. And Binance is listing everything and the volume is very high. And as we enter the bear market, well, obviously, the volume is not very high anymore for Coinbase like it used to be. And so they're giving up their position in a way of like the premium uh, the premium exchange, the premium way to buy crypto and one maybe to become maybe a little more like Binance in a way that they just make a lot of profits because they have a lot of volume and you can trade kind of everything on it. One interesting thing to note is that the fact that XRP got listed on Coinbase did not prop up the price like it used to do for other coins. So many times when something started trading on Coinbase, uh, as soon as the announcement really went up, you could see the price shoot up like 10, 20, 30 percent. Because being listed on Coinbase, you know, used to mean that you have access to a lot of people and that you are now, you know, you are part of a, of the reputable group of cryptocurrencies and that you are a serious team with a serious project but as coinbase lists more and more projects you know they're kind of losing the prestige and xrp being already the third biggest cryptocurrency maybe just didn't have any room to jump upwards because the people that were already in the cryptocurrency sphere already have heard of it and if anyone wanted to purchase he had ample time on different platforms so maybe that was the reason why it didn't jump by the way there's also been rumors about xrp buying a spot on coinbase which uh, both denied, and that listing was an independent decision by Coinbase. And that Ripple and IXRP did nothing to be listed, they didn't pay any fee or anything. There were talks of a hundred million dollars, but again, uh, that they both denied it. How credible is the fact that they're denying it? When obviously on Ripple's and XRP side, I mean, we've seen them lie and, you know, kind of rewrite history regarding XRP and Ripple and how it used to be called and who invented what. So it's not very credible. And the credibility of Coinbase, actually, uh, that's a good topic and that's a good way to lead us up into the second part of talking about Coinbase. And that it's the fact that Coinbase acquired uh, intelligence firm Neutrino on February 19th. So it happened on February 19th, but the real backlash came this week. So that's why I chose to talk about it. That's why I choose to talk about it right now, even if. It's two week old news. So there are really two parts to the story. The first part is why they acquired them. So Coinbase is basically trying to be able to analyze the blockchain and get intelligence out of the blockchain to know who does what when kind of a Google way of tracking whatever its users are doing with their cryptocurrency. Now, that in itself, a lot of people and myself included already thought that was kind of not cool because, you know, we're trying to protect privacy and blockchain can enable privacy. And a lot of people have been using Bitcoin for this exact matter, you know, to to escape from governments, not in a not in a tax evasion way, but in, in a in a corrupt government is trying to steal my money kind of way like you can see in Venezuela. So that was one of the things that, you know, a lot of people were saying, listen, maybe this is not the best idea and maybe tracking your users and being able to have their data and not protect their privacy is a problem. And then the other thing was who they chose to buy to do it. So basically, they chose uh, the former members of hacking team, which are apparently notorious for cooperating with governments and selling secrets and data to governments. Uh, according to what I've read, they've been able to track activists, anti-government activists, and sell them out to the government a few times, according to reports. And so a new online movement was born that, uh, now calling to delete Coinbase. And that's been kind of the trend of the week where people are trying to close their Coinbase accounts because they really feel like the company is following them now and is not playing along with the principles uh, that you know made a lot of people join crypto in the first place, which is you know privacy and freedom. And if the company isn't willing to respect that, then of course a lot of people that hold these values of freedom and privacy are bound to leave Coinbase, just like a lot of people left Google from the, for the same reason. Uh, the DuckDuckGo search engine has been you know growing steadily. As people grow tired of Google following them, uh, Proton Mail has been a replacement for Google for people who care about their privacy. So there are definitely other ways around if you're not interested in participating on platforms that have mass surveillance tools, which I respect. So that that was Coinbase. So kind of not great news coming out of Coinbase, and and they're really facing backlash regarding both of the things that they did in the past couple of weeks, and and we'll see what happens because in a way. A lot of people that are in crypto are in crypto because they care about privacy and freedom, which you can't say about maybe the general population. So maybe Google can get away with things that Coinbase not necessarily can do the same, right? Google follows you all the time, but a lot of people just don't care. But if you are already targeting people that care about privacy and freedom, then you can sell them those moves as something that is beneficial for the user or beneficial for them. So it's a tougher sell for Coinbase than it is from Google. And, and again, you know, I think that Coinbase generally is trying to maximize profits And that's really cool, but I hope that they don't burn themselves uh, in the eyes of all the crypto community by doing questionable things. All right, so I went long enough on on Coinbase, I feel. It's been almost nine minutes. So uh, let's move on to our second topic, which is Quadriga CX and a few developments in that case. All right, our second topic is Quadriga CX. Now, if you remember, a few weeks back, we talked about this exchange and how the CEO died and disappeared. And he had the only control of the private keys, which means that one hundred and forty million US dollars or one hundred and ninety million Canadian dollars have been lost belonging to investors that will never see that crypto again. Now, back then, the company claimed to have cold wallets where all this cryptocurrency was stored and that, you know, there was still some cryptocurrency to salvage. Even though they filed for bankruptcy, some people could get back their money. But now, according to Bloomberg, uh, there's been a research and they have found the wallets, the cold wallets of Quadriga CX. But what they've also found is that five of the six are empty and have been uh, for almost a year now. So what does that mean? Is Quadriga CX was a scam? Was it an exit scam? Well, we can't tell for sure, but there are other reports coming from the Globe and Mail, which is a Canadian newspaper, that claims that uh, Michael Patron, which was one of the co-founders of Quadrilacy X, is actually called Omar Danani. Now, of course, the fact that one of the co-founders were using a fake name is not great. But according to the same report, if you dig a little into Omar Dahanani, you found out you find out that he has been convicted and set in prison in the US for credit card fraud. And that you know this guy was not a good guy, and he actually got to Canada before because he was deported from the United States. That's according to Breaker Mag. So yeah, if one of the co-founders was involved in credit card fraud and then changed his name to set up an exchange in Canada, that smells really, really, really bad. And if you couple that with the fact that the cold wallets that were supposed to have all the cryptocurrencies are found empty, then you might suspect that something bad is happening. And back then, you know, a couple of weeks ago or three weeks ago, when we talked about that, I, w- I was skeptical about what was happening. And if you know I was even skeptical regarding the death of the CEO, regarding everything that came out of this company's mouth, because really, it just seems like something was off. And we couldn't tell at the time. I couldn't tell at the time exactly why it felt off. But some things just weren't really adding up. And I'm glad that you know, we can revisit the story two to three weeks later and actually see that there have been some developments and that things are happening and moving. So according to the report, yeah, if a co-founder was a known scammer, that explains why you know a lot of people were skeptical and why we all felt like something didn't add up. But what's the evidence, you ask, which is a great question. Or apparently uh, you can find the name uh, Omar Patrin, which is the first name of the real dude, apparently, with the last name of the fake dude. Uh, you can find court documents re- referring to him as Omar Patrin, which is one of his aliases. And in a correspondence between the Globe and Mail and uh, that same person, it was also registered to an address for a certain Omar Patrin. So, Omar Dhanani, Omar Patrin. Michael Patran apparently over the years there's been some kind of a mix up where sometimes he used a part of an alias and then sometimes he used the, the other part of it or co- created a completely different alias. So this appears to be his undoing uh, eventually. Now uh, was the CEO that died in India on it? Honestly, I have no idea. Uh, I won't claim that he does because I think that's disrespectful without evidence but you know it felt bad from the beginning where an exchange comes out and says listen only one guy had the access to the keys that sounds unreasonable and just not best practices that seems even like the worst practices so it felt a little unlikely that this was actually what happened. So this investigation actually happens to to go along pretty well. And if they found the cold wallets and they found that they're empty, they can start questioning people. And I, you know, I I'm more confident that we will get to the bottom of this. A couple couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, I was a lot more skeptical that we would actually manage to find, you know, uh, the money or find whoever's responsible or really just find out the truth, which is what we all want. But now I feel a little more confident that we're actually going to manage to get to the bottom of this and the money itself, you know, if it's been converted into a very privacy oriented coin might be a little harder to find and track down. And if it's been converted to Monero or you know, it, it'll be harder to get back to the people, but if it was a hack or if it was embezzlement, then at least we can close the story and say, hey, we know for a fact that this was embezzlement and this guy stole. And even bringing that much resolution to, you know, a world that is characterized by bad actors, I think it'll be a pretty good deal. And obviously, I didn't lose money in that, so I'll be satisfied. Uh, I'm really, you know, thinking about the people that lost a lot of money, and I really hope that they'll be able to recover the funds, but at least getting the truth uh, will be able to bring some closure to all the people involved. All right. So that's uh, an update on Quadriga CX. And our last segment of today will be about Binance and the fact that ICOs are actually uh, flourishing again with Binance's new platform. Okay. So we talked about Coinbase earlier on this podcast, and now uh, we're going to touch what Coinbase sees as its biggest competition, which is Binance, which is maybe uh, the first and strongest exchange that exists in the world today. Now, Binance has a lot of volume, and according to uh, outside intelligence reports, you can actually see that their volume is real. Now, there's a lot of problems with fake volume in the cryptocurrency industry, where a lot of exchanges uh, claim to have you know, thousands and millions in volume every day, but end up having you know, little to no volume, and they're only doing that to look better and to try to bring users. But Binance apparently is for real. And a lot of their volume is real, if not a 100% of it. So this is how Binance, in a way, has gained the trust of cryptocurrency enthusiasts. And that's very, very interesting to see how Asian companies have taken the lead over US and European companies. So Binance is definitely at, at the top of its game. And, and it knows what it's doing, and it's listing new tokens, and it's still listing new tokens, and it's become the exchange of choice for many. Now, the ICO practice, we've seen it and we've talked a lot about it in 2017 and 2018, how ICOs were used by everyone and that you did not have to have any qualifications or any product, and you can just raise money on a whim, and no one would stop you, and everything was great. Of course, eventually, most of these projects got abandoned. A lot of people lost a lot of money. Most of these tokens are down 90 95%. There is no product in sight, and it was just mostly a very good way to get yourself some money for any venture that you wanted. Investing in ICO, on the other hand, was kind of lucrative because you could get really 100 200% in a day if you caught a private sale or if you caught the beginning of the trading on a major exchange, you could make a lot of money rather fast and easily. So that was why people got into ICOs to begin with. But now there are less ICOs because the price is lower. There is less liquidity. So it's not as easy. And this is one of the major reasons why ICOs really died down uh, over the past few months. And one of my predictions for 2019 was that ICOs were going to die entirely. But now uh, Binance is trying to prove me wrong. And Binance has launched... A new platform called Binance Launchpad, where basically they handpick ICOs that you know they want to do on Binance, and you know they just execute these ICOs. So a few weeks back, they started uh, with BitTorrent. So if you remember the streaming service that actually was bought out by Tron and now runs a cryptocurrency, it's a complicated story. Uh, but I think we talked about it in the past. So they held BitTorrent's ICO on Binance, and all the tokens were sold out in 20 minutes. Now it's not—they weren't just sold in 20 minutes. Binance CEO claims that if there weren't technical problems, it would have been over in two minutes, not 10 minutes. Now last week they held another ICO for FetchAI, and that ICO sold out in less than 10 seconds. So that really begs the questions: Have we learned nothing from you know the boom and the crash of ICOs in 2017, 2018? But I think that by issuing on Binance and Binance being becoming such an authority and such a trusted exchange, it gives them a lot of power. And Binance can now position itself as a marketplace for good ICOs or what they claim to be good ICOs at least. Now, this works really well because Binance is a very popular platform and those ICOs don't have to find, you know, and, and advertise. And it's all on Binance. Binance does the advertisement. It's a, it's a popular platform and, and it's very, very easy. So that's why I think it's working because Binance just has access to such a huge community of cryptocurrency enthusiasts. And if we're honest, probably gambling enthusiasts as well. We know we have a lot of those trading crypto. And it's the perfect mix where Binance is serving up a product that it has somewhat vetted, I believe, even though I'm not sure that's right. Uh, they do uh, research on them before then, and you can also find the research reports. But at the end of the day, I still think that, you know, I don't think that ICOs have changed. I think that, again, Binance has found a way to make it easy for certain projects to raise funds. But I don't think that, you know, the, the economies of ICOs have changed, and I don't really see them making a comeback on a big scale. Maybe Binance will become that place where, you know, coins go for ICOs. But even then, uh, Binance can easily find itself in a place where it published so many ICOs that they don't mean anything anymore and kind of burn out again. I think that Binance is, is really riding the trust of its investors and traders. But eventually, if those projects go bad, you know, Binance will still have to answer these people. And these people will not trust Binance with ICOs if they get burned, which I believe is kind of, inevitable. And I think that it will happen. And I don't see that ICOs have changed enough uh, to for you to go in and try to really invest in good projects. But that's just my opinion. All right. So Binance is doing making moves. And I think that Binance is, again, one step ahead of Coinbase. Coinbase is now trying to replicate what Binance did a year ago. So they're definitely still ahead. But uh I, I'm, I'm, dying, I'm dying to see how this ICO experiment ends up working for them and if they can really establish themselves as a good place for ICOs to come and if they can really show that they are hand-picking their ICOs and not just letting anyone ICO, which is, in my opinion, maybe can be the strength of their platform. And if they can prove that they can find good ICOs, Then, yeah, it's a great business for them to be able to be the only authority on ICOs and that you know that if you invest on Binance, you invest in something good. That would be amazing for them. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't see how Binance can vet ICOs better than everyone. I think that at the end of the day, they also want profits like Coinbase and they will do whatever is necessary to get those profits, even if it's selling bad ICOs for a little while, uh, which I think they will continue to do. All right, Coinbase, check quadruga cx check and now binance check and uh, we'll move on to the outro all right that's it for this week as always i'm very happy to be here every sunday and actually i won't be here next sunday so there will be no cryptoc episode next sunday as i'm on a vacation celebrating my wife's birthday so that's going to be nice but unfortunately it means no cryptoc next week uh we will come back the week after that As always, you can find me on Twitter at C-L-E-M-T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. You can find me on investing.com. You can find me on a bunch of other platforms if you want to chat, if you want to give me comments, if you want to tell me what you think about the podcast. I'm always happy to hear it. So please bring it on and uh, I'll see you in two weeks. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for being here again and I'll see you in two weeks.